1: Some of you are looking back to other seasons in your life where you walk with God with a greater closeness than you are today, and, and that's what you're holding on to when God desires for today
0: to be the day that brings Him great glory. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect. With Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit MissionHillChurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. 1
1: Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that all... In a race all the runners run, but only one receives a prize, so run that you may obtain it. Second Timothy four seven, literally at the end of his life. Shortly after this, Paul would be guided by a Roman guard to his beheading. And he says, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Hebrews 12, 1, we don't know the exact writer, could have been Paul, could have been Apollos. But he said, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And yet most people fail to persevere. Per is a word which means through, and that's what perseverance is. It's getting you through that thing you don't think you can get through. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? (laughs) How many of you don't want to admit you made a New Year's resolution? Because you're in this next category. 92% of resolutions fail. That's a big number. (laughs) 92% of resolutions fail. Why? John Acuff did a research study for his book, Finish, and he found that one of the reasons we fail at those things we intend to do is because we're not having fun. That makes sense, right? I would say in the Christian faith, it, it relates this way. We've lost our joy. So someone like David would say, that's why, God, it's important that you restore the joy of my salvation. Amen. So when we lose our joy, when we're not having fun, we don't want to continue. We're ready to give up. Another reason I think we fail is because... Um, we got our eyes on the wrong things. So you know what's big today is comparison. So when my parents were parenting me, when I was in elementary school, um, you know, they didn't really have to compare their parenting job with everybody else on Facebook or Instagram. But things have changed. Or competition. Competition keeps us from finishing, believe it or not, because we look at how others are doing and we get our eyes off the prize. Or maybe the goals are just not realistic. So I want to get in shape. So I say, what's my resolution? I'm going to run a marathon this year. Well, have you ever run a half marathon? Well, no. How about a 10K? Nope. 5K? Not a chance. Have you ever begun to run? Well, I'm going to start January 1. Not a realistic goal. And we do that in so many areas of our life. Some of you have done it in your faith journey. You started the year and you say as a father maybe, I'm going to have family devotions every night. And yet you've never done it. I want you to start somewhere. I want your goals to be realistic. So, how do we fix this? Well, how do we set ourselves up to persevere? Let's go back to Acts 20. Let's look back at our verse. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. If only I may finish. If only I may finish. Say that. If only I may finish. Paul was determined, he wasn't going to be distracted, not by people not by his own pride not by his problems and you know what I think I think we get a little more clear of a picture of this from Philippians chapter 3 so you might flip there in your Bible, Philippians chapter 3 the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi again, chained to a Roman guard, the theme of this little book is joy you get a understanding of what he's facing in the first part of the chapter i'm not going to read this but he challenges us to first take our eyes off of people how do i know he does this because he says watch out for the do anybody know what he calls the people watch out for the dogs yeah so if you call somebody a dirty dog you're being biblical he's you dirty dog he's saying watch out for these evil people these folks that will lead you astray take your eyes off of people and for some of you the first step to positioning yourself to persevere is to get your eyes off of the people that you're focusing on all a person's ever going to be able to do is tell you what they think get your eyes on him is what we're going to say because he is the way the truth and the life So he's saying, take your eyes off of these people. And then he says, take your eyes off of self. It's interesting. I love Philippians 3 because uh, Paul gives us his resume, his bio. Uh, He tells us why you should be proud of him. In fact, he puts it this way if anybody has a reason to boast, I do. And then he goes through this long list of things that he basically kind of boasts about who he is, what he's done. How righteous he is but then he says all of these things I counted as gain I now see his loss he even says they're rubbish in the King James it would be called dung in your translation we probably shouldn't say that word in church So he's saying all these things that that built me up, that made me feel so good about myself, they're really worthless. So I'm going to take my eyes off self. And then he says, I'm going to take my eyes off problems because I have a different perspective on problems. His perspective on problems was, I want to know Christ and fellowship with his what? Now, here's what we would think. Don't answer that. Here's what we would think if we listen to some teachers, some preachers, read some books in the Christian section at Barnes & Noble. I want to I know Christ and fellowship with all of that money because he says that he owns everything. Oh, God, I want to own everything. I want to know Christ and fellowship with his miraculous power. Because just think about it. If you're Jesus, you can just heal yourself if you get sick. If you have a problem, you can, just, you can just make it go away. Even if you're sinking in the water, you just walk on the water. I want to know Jesus that way. That's what we would think. But Paul said, I want to know Jesus and fellowship with his. Now, what is it? His suffering. Well, we don't hear a lot about that, do we? That really to grow and mature in the Christian faith is to suffer Like Jesus? It's not an easy witnessing tactic, is it? Turn to Jesus and your life is going to fall apart. (laughs) Yeah, you probably won't get a lot of converts if that's your lead in. But Paul is saying, even my problems are not going to become the main thing in my life. So what does he say? Look at verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it, this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do. Say one thing. Remember in Acts 20, 24, he said this one thing that I may finish. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. How do I persevere? Well, first, I learned from yesterday, but I leave it in the past. Okay, quick, quick test. How many of you have something in your past that you don't like? Let me see your hand. All right, that probably wasn't clear. How many, how many of you have done something in your past you wish you wouldn't have done? Let me see your hand. That preacher sure needs to be more direct. Um, how many of you have made sinful choices in your past? Let me see your hands. You know, what am I illustrating? We all have a past. And some of you, even today, you've walked in and you're thinking, man, if they really knew me, They probably wouldn't let me sit in there. They wouldn't let me sing these songs. Truth is, we're all in that club, friend. The ground really is level at the foot of the cross. We all have a past. And when Paul says, forgetting the past, he's saying, hey, we want to learn from yesterday, but we're not going to live in yesterday. We're going to leave that in the past. That word that he used there, forget, it's interesting. Forget doesn't mean fail to remember in this instance. In the original language, it's a word that means refuse to be influenced by. I'm not suggesting that you can block your past out of your memory. That may not be possible, it may not be helpful. But you can refuse to be influenced by it. And that relates not only to our failures, it relates to our successes. You know one of the greatest challenges in the church today? We're living in yesterday's glory. Some of you are looking back to other seasons in your life where you walk with God with a greater closeness than you are today, and, and that's what you're holding on to when God desires for today to be the day that brings Him great glory.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Stop polishing yesterday's tarnished
1: trophies and ask God to give you new victories today. Regardless of your age, regardless of the stage, ask God to do something in your life that gives him glory today. And the second thing he says is we launch into tomorrow. Launch into tomorrow with confident expectation. So forgetting what lies behind, straining, straining forward. That's a word in the English language that kind of helps us experience it even as we say it, Right? If I strain, he's saying we want to look forward and we want to lean forward. Are you leaning into what God's got in store for you? Or are you anxious about tomorrow? See, a lot of us, we stop persevering because we get paralyzed by our fear of tomorrow. Tomorrow. I probably don't need to remind you, but Jesus said, don't do that. Jesus said, stop it. Jesus said, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Why would you do that? So if Jesus said, don't do it and we do it, what do we call that theologically? Sin. And yet some of us are paralyzed by fear of what we think is going to happen and it's keeping us from living for Jesus today. Where in your life is God saying lean in? Lean on me. We're going to talk about that in a second, but lean in. Let's talk about the most important thing I think Paul teaches us in Philippians 3. He says, live for Jesus today like there's no tomorrow. So in the ESV, I read this to you. He says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, that serves the same purpose, but I don't like that as much as the NIV or some of the other translations where he says, I press on to take hold of the one who's taken hold of me. See, the key to perseverance is understanding that your finishing is not contingent upon whether or not you hold on to Jesus. It's all based on the fact that he's holding on to you. You know how that works. It's like a father teaching a child to swim in a pool. You may be pulling them up and they grasp onto you, but they grasp onto you after you've already grasped onto them. It was the Summer Olympics 1992 in Barcelona, Spain, the 400 meter semifinal. You've seen the pictures, you may have seen the video. Derek Redman, one of the world's fastest runners, was running the race. Like any race runner, running to win. But he had an injury. He fell to the ground on the track. It's grueling to watch. Because he was trying to finish the race. He wanted to finish the race. As you go back and look at the video, you see him even straining and pulling himself forward on the track. The crowd becomes quiet, but way up in the crowd is a man that sees him. And he weaves his way down, eventually onto the track. And he latches on to Derek Redmond. And he puts his arm around his neck. And he picks him up. And then Jim Redmond says, Son, let's finish this race. The Bible says that you were separated from God because of sin. Don't feel bad. You're in a club. It's called Humanity. Everyone since our great-grandparents Adam and Eve that have been born have been born with that stain. That sin is not just something we do, it's who we are and that sin keeps us from fellowship with God, a relationship with God, and it dooms us to an eternity in a place called hell. But that's not God's desire for you. And so the Bible says that God demonstrated his love and that while we were still sinners, Jesus died. So Jesus lived a perfect life, At about 33 years old, he died on the cross. He did so to take your death and my death. That's our understanding of the why. When he died on the cross, he went to the grave, and then he rose again. The Bible says after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. Then you know what he did? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. But this is what I believe the Bible goes on to teach. Occasionally, Jesus is looking out at you and me. And he sees that we've broken down. He sees that we're hurt. He sees that we need a hand. He sees that we need him. And so he descends onto our level. And he latches onto us. And he picks us up. And he says, come on now. Let's finish this race. Let's do this. Now, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Let's go back to our key verse, Acts 20, 24. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe God wants you to know this is your race. This is your course. This is your ministry. If you don't finish your course, who's going to finish it? If you don't finish your race, if you don't fulfill your ministry, no one else will. And this is not a race that's given to the swift or the strong. It's a race given to those who endure to the end. Your goal is to finish well. So when Paul says in Second Timothy in chapter 4, I have fought the fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know what he was saying as he was looking toward his beheading? He was saying there's nothing left to do. There's no unfinished business. There are no incompletes on my report card. I've been all in. I've given it all I have. I've persevered. And I still trust him. Amen. This race that you're trying to finish, this course, this plan, this purpose, Paul's saying it. it's not something you thought up. You're not here because of a decision of a couple human beings you're here because the creator of all that is created you in his image and he created you for a purpose on purpose and perseverance is your pathway to discovering and living out God's purpose in your life Amen. I love this quote from Oswald Chambers he says perseverance means more than endurance, more than simply holding on until the end. A saint's life is in the hands of God, like a bow and an arrow in the hands of an archer. God's aiming at something the saint cannot see, but our Lord continues to stretch and to strain. And every once in a while, the saint says, I can't take it anymore. Yet God pays no attention. He goes on stretching until his purpose is in sight. And then he lets the arrow fly. Trust yourself to God's hands. Is there something in your life for which you need perseverance right now? Maintain your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ through the perseverance of faith. Like Job, and maybe one of the greatest stories of perseverance in all of Scripture, say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. In fact, that's our word for next week, in case you haven't figured it out. Perspective, perseverance, and purpose. So what about you? You ever felt like giving up, quitting, not knowing how to go forward? You ever been to a place as a Christian where you didn't even want to go to church? I have. I'd been a pastor. Found myself in a place where I was no longer pastoring a church Clinically and non-clinically, I was depressed, discouraged. We'd taken our family and we'd gotten away. We were in Orlando, Florida at my brother's house. My big brother has always loved me. And in that moment of darkness, he said, come hang out here. You need to be around people that love you. So we did and we even went to Disney and and tried to smile. But Sunday morning came and I didn't want to go to church. In fact, that's the last place I wanted to be. Probably hurt my brother's feelings because he was a pastor. <laughs> but I stayed home and so did our family that day and I got up, like many people in depression, I couldn't sleep in that moment. I was thinking about my past. It's the ways I've blown it. Thinking about people. What were they thinking about me? My problems. My eyes weren't on Jesus. Everybody else was asleep. I got up and sat in the recliner and just started flipping through the channels. For some reason, I don't know why, but I stopped on an old Billy Graham crusade. But the moment I stopped, it wasn't Billy Graham preaching, it was George Beverly Shea singing. And he began to sing these words. It is no secret what God can do. Amen. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. And in that moment, I recognized, I I got to get my eyes off of my past. I got to get my eyes off of people. I've got to get my eyes back on Jesus. Because not only is He my creator, not only is He my savior, not only is He my sustainer, He is the author and the finisher of my faith. What about you? Are you ready to persevere? If not now, when? If you plan to finish tomorrow, you've got to decide to persevere today. And I believe, just as he did in that moment in my life, that God of the universe will give you grace
0: to persevere. but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com and join us next Sunday at noon for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910.